Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. So I said tonight was going to be the last night. It's not. We got another week. You know, I got, I got more than what tonight's going to cover. But it's interesting that Brother Steve goes, went to Psalm 103, you know, for getting all, all, all of his benefits. Because tonight we're going to specifically talk about the benefits of walking in love. And I came up with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. And I can guarantee you that's not all of them. These are just 13 I came up with today. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go over some of these things. You know, because sometimes people say, well, you know, it's not such a big deal. You know, so what if I don't walk in love? So what if I just, you know, just, you know, do it my way? So what? You know? Well, there's some benefits you're missing out on. You know, there's a story about, about this man who, who took an ocean cruise, you know, years ago when you had, to, you had to travel, you know, from Europe to America, you know, just by ocean liner. And, and he paid for his ticket and he brought food with him, you know. And so he stayed in his room the whole cruise. It's like, it's like two weeks. And, and when they, they finally came into port and he came up on deck, some, the one the purser said to him, Mr. Mr. Smith, where have you been? You know, we, we've looked for you. We didn't see you. And he goes, well, I, I stayed in my room because I only had enough money for the passage. And he said, he said, you didn't need to stay in your room. Yeah, well, I brought my food and I, and I made it last. And he goes, sir, you could have eaten any time. The food came with the package. You know, there's so much that comes with the package. You know, don't look at it as, well, walking in love. Well, you know, it, it may be or it may not be something I want to do. But there's benefits you're going to miss out on. And so we're going to talk about a few of them tonight. Go with me to Proverbs 24. Number, I, I, I don't know, you know. I didn't put these in order of what I thought were they were important. But I think this, this one probably is very important. It's one of the biggest benefits that there is. Hallelujah. Proverbs 24, verses 17 and 18. Is walking in love pleases God. Now here, you're going to find out what walking in love, how it doesn't please him. Verse 17 says, Rejoice not when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it and it displease him. Hmm. So do we ever think about when we don't walk in love as it being um, something that displeases God? There's an action and a reaction with, for when you do and when you don't walk in love. And this is the reaction that you get when you don't walk in love. It displeases him. God is not pleased with that. When we don't walk in love. But go with me to Proverbs 16, verse 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And what is a man's ways? Walking in love. Walking in love, that, that's, that's one of, that's one of God, God's ways. Ways that he wants us to pursue. 
I, um, I, I tell a story many times about the, the pastor's wife that I, we know that lives in Kansas, and they had a bunch of kids, I think like eight kids, and I think six of them were girls. And one day she heard one of her daughters being very mean to one of her other daughters. And a few minutes later she came in the kitchen and was telling her mom how much she loved her. And her mom looked at her and said, I'm not impressed. You know, God's not impressed when we fail to walk in love towards somebody else. But then we come and say, oh, Lord, I love you. He's not impressed. He's not pleased. And so sometimes, you know, when you're tempted to not walk in love, you need to stop and think, what kind of reaction do I want from my father? Do I want one of, of pleasing him? Or do I want one where he's not really happy with me? You know, so, you know, those are, those are just things you need to talk about. Number two, how about walking in love will bear fruit in your life. It grows and produces fruit. First uh, Peter 3. First Peter 3 verses 8 and 9. Finally, it says, Be all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren. Be pitiful, be courteous. That is, that pitiful should be, uh, could be translated as tenderhearted. Be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, but instead blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. Well, there's blessing all around us. But we want to inherit that blessing. We're going, to, we're going to produce. If it's called a fruit of the Spirit, then fruit is something that grows. It produces. Go with me to John real quick, the 15th chapter. I don't know why we say real quick. We've had this discussion the other day. All the little things that we kind of put in here. John 15. It's talking about fruit, talking about vines. Uh, Verse 7, we start there. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. And then he goes on and says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, and what would that be? The commandment of love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. If we're going to bear fruit... We're going to have to abide in him. And if we're going to abide in him, we have to walk in love. So do you want to bear fruit? Do you not want to bear fruit? You know, Pastor, we've talked many times about the fact that that we were raised in a denomination sometime that everybody, you know, talked about holiness and all kinds of things. But they were some really bad attitudes, some nasty dispositioned people. You know, that's not bearing fruit. That is, I mean, they were as nasty outside the church as they were inside the church sometimes. It didn't bear fruit with the world. It didn't bear fruit inside the church either. 
But if you're going to bear fruit, if you want it to be good fruit, you know, every tree can bear, and can bear fruit, but some of it is pretty rotten fruit, and some of it is just as sweet and as wonderful as it can be. You know, you, you look at a tree sometimes, and you maybe a pear tree or something, and, and you start looking at There's a lot of fruit on that tree. Not all of them are good. You know, you go to the store, and especially when I go and I'm looking for apples or something, I pick up those apples and I examine them. And I look them over. I don't want something that's bruised. I don't want something that's got a wormhole eaten in it. I don't want something that's, that's soft or soggy. I want those that are firm and fresh and unbruised and just they, they, they're, you know they're going to be good. That's the kind of fruit you want to bear. It's good fruit, not bad fruit. Because, you know, that tree, the same tree can produce both. Depends on, on how well it's tended. And so if you're going to, t- you're going to bear some good fruit, we're going to have to tend to some things. Abiding in the vine. You know, we've, we've mentioned before about, about pruning. A lot of times you get bad fruit because certain branches aren't pruned when they ought to be. And if that's a bad branch, it's going to produce bad fruit. Well, it's up to us to do the pruning. If we see something that needs pruning, prune it. Don't just ignore it. Because here's what happened. When you start gathering all this fruit, it may not be real evident at first that this is a piece of bad fruit and this is a good one, but you put them all together in one place, the bad will infect the good. And it'll turn it. You ever had a package of strawberries? And if you're like me, when you go to the store, you're, you're looking at it, and, you, and I'm, I'm looking, looking through that little, that little plastic thing, and I'm trying to see, okay, are they ripe enough? Are they this? Are they that? You know, and, and I'm looking around to see, you know, are they, are they really good? Sometimes I have missed one on the bottom that's moldy. And it doesn't take but a day or so in the, in the fridge. If you haven't gotten to it yet, now that mold has spread, you know, to other parts of the container of fruit. You know, you, you want to be a blessing. You want to, to be in a place where the fruit you bear is good fruit and it blesses somebody else, not just you. First um, Timothy 4.8. Hallelujah. It says, For bodily exercise profits little. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. I've got Bible why I don't have to exercise. <laughs> Bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable in, into all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Listen, walking in love produces fruit that is good for now, but it's good for the hereafter. It's good for beyond here. You know what? Your love, your ability to walk in love toward people, the kind of fruit that it can produce is the kind of fruit that means somebody else is drawn into the kingdom of God. If I'm not going to walk in, if I'm not going to walk in love toward people, what avenue do I have to speak into their lives? And say, hey, come, come be a Christian like me. And they're going to go, I don't think so. You know, that's what that's all about. And you know what? 
Lots of people in the world have issues because of the Christians that they've run into. Lots of people have had problems. You know, I want fruit that remains. I want fruit that follows me into eternity. And most of that fruit has got to be has to be dealing with relationships that we either antagonize people or that we draw them in. Our job is to draw them in with the love of God. Our, our, our whole goal is to, is to get them to a place where they experience the same love that brought us into the kingdom. You know, and that's why, you know, even, well, I'm probably going to get ahead of myself a little bit, but that's okay. Um, you know, it matters how we conduct ourselves in this world. It matters. It matters that we're, we're people of integrity. That's part of walking in love. It matters that we're people of our word. That's part of walking in love. There's so much of our character that stems from walking in love, and people notice. They do. They notice. You know, it, it, um, you, you can't ever decide that it's not going to you know, be of any significance. You never know but what some little way <clears throat> you respond to a person or some little act of kindness, which is the love of God, you don't know what that can accomplish. You don't know if that one little thing, you know, can make the difference in whether somebody makes a good choice that is said before them. It, um, and I am going to get ahead of myself. That's okay. I I remember uh, Steve and Michelle came to this church all those years ago. How long has it been? 20 years ago, yeah, because Jackie Benefield and her, and her, she were working together. And so Jackie invited her to come. And so she came, and if I get the story right, the first service you came to, you're like, not that impressed necessarily. It was a special speaker. Oh, you couldn't have been too impressed then because you didn't hear the pastor. Right, gotcha. So anyway, they had a, we had a guest speaker, and and. But when she went back to the nursery to pick up Jonathan, who was what? How many months old was he? 16, 18 months old. She went in and found he had a dry diaper. Now you're going, what's the big deal? How many nurseries have you ever been to where you picked up your child and they were, you know, the diaper is sagging it so full, you know, or it smells. And they've been waiting for mama to come and take care of it. They haven't bothered to do it. That one act of love on the, on the part of that nursery worker made such an impression that they came back. It was Bonnie. Oh, it was Bonnie. Okay, it was Bonnie. Yay! <laughs> can, can you see, you know, that, that when we really stop to think about it, you know, everything we do should flow out of a place of love no matter where we are or what we're doing. That one act of love toward her child brought her back the next time. And fortunately, they stayed, you know, and been a blessing. That's fruit that remains. That fr- this fruit that follows you into the next, the now and the, and the hereafter. So, so you know, it, it really pays to pay attention. What can I do to express God's love?
you're doing that for that person, but you're also doing it because you're going to reap a blessing. It's, it, it becomes fruit accounted to you. Amen. How about this? Love, walking in love will prolong your life. I don't know about that so much sometimes. I'm going, okay, that's scripture, but my husband has an aunt that finally went home to be with the Lord who was one of those nasty people that we always said she was too mean to die. And she outlived almost all her siblings. But it will prolong your life, I promise you. (laughs) How in the world that woman managed, I don't know. But anyway, let's go to Deuteronomy, (laughs) verse 4 and 40. (laughs) Chapter 4, Deuteronomy. Anybody had any relatives besides us that was so mean that you thought, oh, you know, they'll outlive everybody. They're too mean to die. Anyway, Deuteronomy verse, uh, chapter 4 and verse 40. You shall keep, therefore, his statutes and his commandments. Which I can, Now, if this applied in the Old Testament, how much more can it apply today? And his commandments, which I command you this day, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, that you may prolong your days upon the earth, which the Lord thy God gives you forever. All right, now go with me to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Starting, I think we're in verse 12. What man is he that desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Uh, Me. That's me. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. Do you desire to to have life and love days? I mean, do you want to prolong your life? Well, he's telling you what to do to to keep that going. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. That's not walking in love. Now go with me to 1 Timothy 4 verse 8. Nope. And that's not what I want. How about 1 Peter 3? 1 Peter 3. Verses 10 and 11. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Sounds like he was quoting Psalms, wasn't it? Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and, and ensue it. Now go with me to Exodus 20. Exodus 20, verse 12. This is to children. It says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God gives you. Honoring your father and mother is part of walking in love. You know, no child is too young to be taught this. If you want your days to be long, honor your father and your mother. Now go with me to Ephesians 6. 
Ephesians 6, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. It's important that we teach our children to obey because we want them to see long days on the earth. And it's part of teaching them about the love of God. Hallelujah. Uh, Walking in love, another one. Walking in love will cause your home to be heaven on earth. Joshua 24, 15 says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Serving the Lord and walking in love go hand in hand. You can't really serve God effectively if you're not walking in love. And there, is, and there is every reason to believe that it is possible for your home to be heaven on earth. Every reason. There is a Bible full of promises. There's instructions on, on marriage. There are instructions on raising children. There's a, but I'm telling you what. Having a home full of love. You ever gone into a house that's so full of strife that you could cut it with a knife? The atmosphere is just like permeated with strife. You could, I mean, it just, it's just palpable. I mean, you, you just, you're like, oh, let me get out of here. I, I, I came across a situation just, was it last night? Mm, or maybe it was today, today. Um, a family in a situation, some extended family, and and this person was uh, there's some issues in the in the home, and and the person I was talking to today um, was having an issue with another person in the home, and uh, and they were just telling me how they you know the only way they're ever going to get their life together, the only way they're ever going to make it in life is if they give their heart to the Lord and, and they see what, see what God wants them to do with their life and they do this 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 and do this. And I'm thinking, that's good advice except all you ever do is yell at them. The only conversations you ever have is a yelling, confrontational situation. You can't get along for two days. If, you get, if, if they're in the house together for more than a day or two at a time, it's just a big screaming match. And I'm thinking, you know, I, I went back to, the first, to 1 Corinthians 13 where it talks about if you don't have love, you, you, you come across as just a, as just a, a symbol. Nobody's going to live. That home, there, there is no love there. Their version of love is something that is so contorted and so distorted and, and, you're, and you're trying to tell this young, this, this young man, he's an adult, you're trying to tell him that God is his answer you, from the person who yells at him all the time and demeans him all the time and tells him he's worthless and tells him he can't do anything. Who, I, I, just, I, I, just, I was on the phone just shaking my head going, I, I just I don't know if there's any point in me trying to, to tell you this isn't working. I did say... Maybe you should stop talking to him and just, and just you know, let God bring somebody into his life. Because you know what? After a while, that sounds like nagging. And I thought, well, it's a little lot worse than nagging. But, but maybe if I you know, soften it up a little bit, maybe they'll pay attention to me. I don't know. But listen, there is a way. 
that your house can become heaven on earth. And that's called walking in love. If you have a home full of the love of God, not natural love, you understand. Natural love comes and goes. One day it's good and one day it's, you know, it's kind of like on, on just shaky ground. But the love of God is what gives us a solid foundation. In a home where a husband puts a wife first and a wife puts the husband first and, and the parents put the children first and the children love their parents and obey their parents, you know, they may not understand much about, about love yet, but the fact that they're obedient, the fact that they, they respond to the instruction of their parents is, is how they learn to walk in love. And it's possible It is possible to walk in love. Do we all get it right all the time? No, we don't. And we laugh about dysfunctional families sometimes. But, you know, a a home that's that's supposed to be a godly home, a home that is, is supposed to be founded on the Word of God, should not be a dysfunctional home. I got no amens. It should not be a dysfunctional home. It should be a home where everybody loves one another and everybody is, is, is trying their best to do the right thing, to handle situations the right way, to speak life over each other, to speak encouragement toward one another, to, to not go flying off the handle at, at, at every little thing. You know, children are children, and, and, they, and they develop. You know, let me tell you, if you haven't seen that, that a child develops a temper at an early age, then you need to go to the nursery. I mean, when they're just, I mean, hours old, they don't have what they want. They're going to scream. You know, but, but it's our job, you know, to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We nurture them with the love of God. The admonition is to train their little little flesh balls. Because that's what they are. They're little flesh balls. And that's our job is to train them so that they know how to handle their flesh. That's loving them. That is loving them and wanting them to succeed as they become older and as they walk into an adult world. You want them to have the best success possible. And that's how you start the process, is to just have a home filled with the love of God. Um, Let's see. Love, walking in love, will help keep your heart to hear instruction from the Lord. You know, when, when you're not walking in love, there's a lot of fogginess that sets in. And you need some answers to some things, and you just can't seem to see what it is. You can't seem to grab a hold of it. Sometimes you need to check up on your love walk. Because, listen, when we're not walking in love, we are walking in disobedience. And disobedience keeps us from clearly hearing what God has to say. Because we've already ignored his instruction in the area of walking in love. So if we've ignored that, chances are we're, gonna, we're not going to be able to grab hold of any other instruction. It just makes sense. If you're not doing what he's already told you to do, 
it's hard for him to get you to hear what else he's got to say. It's important that we keep, we keep ourselves, our minds, and our hearts clear so that God can speak to us and we can accurately and clearly hear him. I mean, we have scriptures we can go to. I, I, know, I know my father. I know the voice of my father. I, I, um, I've got the spirit of God on the inside of me. You know, the, the one who has the answers is on the inside of me. But listen, if you're not walking in love and you know it, then you've already ignored all the leadings that he's given you, all the instructions he's given you. And you need, there, you've got to be in a place where you can hear clearly and accurately. You've got to be in a place where, where you know exactly what to do and you know that it's God leading you to do it. Hallelujah. Um, walking in love will cause you to reap a harvest of love when you need it. Whatever a man, Galatians 6, 7, whatever a man sows, that he'll reap. Let's sow some love. Even when you don't want to sow some love. You know, there are times when, uh, you know, you don't want to eat your broccoli, but you eat it because it's going to benefit you. So sometimes we don't want to walk in love. We need to walk in love because it's going to benefit you. But if you sow it, there will be times when you're going to reap it because we're not always just as wonderful as we think we are on, a, on an average day. And, and we slip up. And those are the days I want somebody to extend some love to me because I need it badly on those days. And I'm not the only one. Amen. We all, we all need, need it. Um, walking in love will keep the enemy from gaining access in your life. The Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, we won't turn there, uh, talks about the little foxes that spoil the vine. And so many times our failure to walk in love really is, is in the form of little areas. Because it's obvious, it's a lot more obvious when it's a big area. When it's a big thing, we, we, we know we've got to, we, we need to get a hold of this. We've got to get a, you know, get, get a grip on, on ourselves in that area. But we don't always see the little things that come in that affect our love walk. And so we, we need to recognize those and, and not give the enemy any room. Because over in, in Ephesians, it says, neither give place to the devil. You know, if, you, if you're not walking in love, you have given him access. The little fox that comes along that, that causes you not to be walking in love is just a little crack of the door. And the longer you go, the more little foxes, you know, show up that you don't deal with, the bigger that crack gets. Don't fling the door open to the enemy. Don't give him access. You can shut the door on the devil by keeping your, your love walk intact. Um, walking in love will keep you out of pride. James 3.6 talks about how God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 5 says uh, that love's not conceited. The Amplified here says that love is not conceited. It's not arrogant and inflated with pride. Love does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. Listen, God can use a humble person. Humble, you know, really, for me, means that I recognize all the time that it's God working in me. 
It's only God working in me that allows me to do what I do. It's God's ability in me, and I have to maintain a place where I don't get so taken up with what I can do or what gift I have or or anything or who I am or who I know or anything like that. I have to keep a humble attitude and walking the God kind of life, the God kind of love life will keep you humble and will keep you out of pride. It says pride goes before destruction. Pride goes before destruction. That's that's a big word. It's an it's another area that we, we you, that we let the devil in if we if we're not careful. So we have to be we have to be honest with ourselves and stop him and just go okay. Anything I have, anything I can do, is an ability that God has given me. I am not all that. You know, I didn't, I wasn't born wonderful. You know, God has has put something in me to make me what I am. He's enabled me to do what I can do. He's given me gracings and abilities and giftings. And it's God at work in me. We can't afford to let a prideful spirit come in. Um, Let's see. Walking in love will put you in a position to cause power to flow. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, it says, follow after love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. Listen, it's telling us that we're going to follow love and we follow love we can desire spiritual gifts, and what happens? They're going to flow. We, we, see, we see where it says when, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, a hymn, a tent. You know, there are giftings that are in all of us. But we follow love. That power has the ability to flow through us. Somebody who's not walking in love is not actually going to get, probably not going to be able to be used by God. To, to let the power flow through them. You know, love will lead you to people who need the power of God that has the potential to flow through you. But you're going to have to be walking in love. A church that's filled with the love of God can flow in the power of God. Can we all do a better job? Yeah, we can. We can. A church walking in love toward one another. It, you know, it, we've had many times, you know, over the years we've had visitors come and they've said, I just walked in, I could just feel the love of God. And I'm going, that's wonderful. And I don't think they were making it up. But there are times maybe when we're not all walking in love toward one another. Does it affect the ability of the power of God to flow? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. But I'm telling you what, if we really want to see the power like God wants to express himself in his power, we're going to have to be diligent as a body to walk in love, not just as individuals, but as individuals come together, you know, and in, a, in an attitude and in walking in love, 
that power can begin to flow. Well, you know, Pastor Angel, you know, we, we see the power of God in demonstration all the time. Yeah, well, when you've got a majority of people who are walking in love, God's power can flow. But it's, it's, the, it's the potential that's lost. There's a bigger potential there when everybody is in a place that we can say we're walking in love. Power of God is something that we can expect to flow when we demand of ourselves, each one of us individually, that we stay in the love of God. Hallelujah. And when you go out into the world, that love will lead you to people who need that same power. Um, what have I missed here? Um, Walking in love makes you a candidate to be used of God. You know, in the Old Testament, the priests had specific instructions about how they were to how they were to behave, how they were to be, to be cleansed of their own sin, how they what they were to wear. You know, all kinds of stuff. You know, they put themselves in a place where they they made sure that they were candidates to go before the Father. They were candidates. To be, to be able to go into the Holy of Holies. And yet, maybe not always they went in right, with a right heart. That's why they put a rope on their ankles, so if they didn't hear the bells after a while, they could pull them out. You couldn't go into the Holy of Holies unless you were the high priest. And sometimes the high priest didn't go in, you know, in a, in a, in a manner that they should have gone in. And they died. And thank God for the, the rope. You know, you get, get the body out of there. You know, over in um, um, 2 Timothy 2, verse 21, it talks about being meat for the master's use. You are in a position to be used by God when you walk in his love. You might not have a lot of other gifts. You might not have what you think is much, much ability But I'm telling you what, if you're walking in the love of God, you are a candidate to be used by him. You have put yourself in a place where, here am I, Lord, use me. And he will do that. He will use you. Let me find my my place here. Um, I should have marked these off as I went because I didn't do them in the order I was Walking in love will remove hurt and harm caused by people or situations. When you decide to walk in love, it will remove the hurt and the harm done to you by somebody else. Luke 6.35 says, Love your enemies. And do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. You know, we don't walk in love toward people in the hopes of gaining anything. You know, our, our motivation should be just to please the Father. Just to walk with him as close as we possibly can. That's what it's all about. But it says your reward shall be great. And that reward comes in the form of just just taking all that hurt away, 
just it just it just it just smooths it out. You know, I was reading a story today about Corey Ten Boom, about how she was ministering someplace, um, and how this man had come up to her and and she'd be talking about the love of God, you know, and this man came up to her and he told her he wanted to be born again, and and so she led him in the sinner's prayer. He got born again, and she thought to herself. He looks familiar. Where, where, do I, where do I know him from? It's been years since she was in the concentration camp. But she thought, he looks familiar. Where, where have I seen him before? And it came to her that he was the same guard that used to beat her sister in the concentration camps. And immediately, you know, what rose up on her was anger and resentment. And she had to she had to recognize that right then and put that sit put that down. She had to consciously say, Lord, I love him with the love of Jesus. I can love him with the love of Jesus. And you know, as he got born again, you know, her heart was just filled with that. But God's love in her just just took all of that out. Did she have reason? To have hold of something against this man? Obviously, yes. He was the cause of much pain and much suffering, and her sister ultimately died in the camp. But that the, the love of God just came up on the inside of her in such a way that it just overwhelmed her so that she could reach out and minister to this man. I don't care who has hurt you. I don't care what they've done. The love of God can well up on the inside of you to such a point that you can minister to them and do something for them that will bless them. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I think maybe I've covered them all here. Um, I bet there's, there's a ton more. But these are just the ones that that I felt led to write down today. Um, Ah, love will keep your faith working like it should. Hey, that's one of the biggie ones. Galatians 5, 6 talks about the fact that faith works by love. The Amplified says faith activated, energized, expressed, and working through love. Love is the jumping off platform. For your faith to work, whether it's healing, whether it's finances, whether it's relationships, whether it's job situation, no matter what it is, walking in love is is the place that you're going to, the very foundation for your faith to work. If your faith isn't working, you need to check up on your love walk. You know, Brother Hagen has, tells stories all the time about, about instances where he had to do a checkup. You know, go back and, and check up when maybe he said something about another minister and then symptoms would come on his body. A couple of times that happened and, and he had to repent. And when he did, the symptoms went away. Listen, if you know everything else is in place and something's still not working, check your love walk. If things are just one thing right after another is going wrong, it seems like nothing is going right, check up on your love walk. It, it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out thing. Listen, if you've got an issue that needs to be solved, God is quick to tell you what it is. And and you can be just as quick to deal with it. It doesn't take days and hours of prayer. It just takes an adjustment on the inside. 
And then your love will cause your faith to work just like it's supposed to. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.